This is Sisterhood Unleashed, a weekly podcast brought to you by two mamas from small town Ontario. Grab a glass of wine and join us. Hello, Steph. Good evening, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. It's getting a little late here tonight. I know. (laughs) We're both cozied up here with slippers Mm -hmm. and... A little bit of red wine. Mm-hmm. Um, how's your week been going? This is oh. kind of the first, we're on our first, you know, yeah, first stretch of back to school. So yeah, we're recording this a little bit early before we'll release it, but we've just kind of, we're, we're in the middle of the, the first the week first back, week. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I, I like to be frank, part of my French, but I feel like I've gotten my ass kicked this week. Yeah, are you tired? I'm so, so tired. Yeah, me too. And like, <laughs> it's Wednesday. Like, yeah. it doesn't even feel, yeah. I mean, by the time you guys hear this, uh, it'll be a week from now, so I can't even imagine how we'll both feel then, but. Well, I just keep saying, you know, one week, two weeks from now, we'll be in a bit of routine, so we won't be as tired. Isn't yeah, that how it works? I think or so. is it just become more cumulative? And so you're more exhausted. It's so funny. Remind me. Well, I saw this meme. And I've never done this with three kids. No, I know. That's true. But I saw this meme one day that I was like, well, this is true. Um, And it was like, being an adult is just saying, um, things will slow down next week over and over again until you die. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's true. Like, I just feel like I'm, okay, if I just can get through this week or get through this day, then tomorrow will be better. And then tomorrow is crazy (laughs) also. So I don't know. Like, yeah, no. Once we get into a routine, it will be better for sure. Mm -hmm. And like, we barely even know who's going where, like who's coming or going or anything right now. But yeah, I just, it's been okay. Like nothing's really been wrong. I'm just like, whoo tired it's a lot yeah it's yeah. a it's a big comeback after six months of you know basically just a free-for-all <laughs> not having to get up cases. in the morning yeah, yeah. packing yeah. lunches yeah. yeah yeah it's been a lot how are you feeling with it all um you know I'm still kind of undecided mm-hmm. um it's nerve-wracking you know you'll see I mean it's nerve-wracking in one aspect because you know numbers are I think going up yeah they are um so that piece is nerve wracking, trying to figure out the busing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are rural. So figuring out the bus um, has been a bit of a, I think, nightmare for most people. Yeah. Right? And so I think there have been like driver, driver yes, shortages, yes. right? So lots of bus cancellations and then buses. Uh, for us, we're on a bus that's taking a lot longer to get Nora home than we expected. So we're just going to try and give everything our best shot. Mm-hmm. That's the pep talk. Uh, Clay had to give me tonight was you know just hold off from worrying about it let's give it our best shot and reevaluate you know next week or the week after so yeah we're just yeah we're just tired too and trying to wait and let it unfold a little bit because I think that you know it probably will get busier but I think that within a week or two of settling into a routine things may be looking up a little bit yeah I think so hopefully I'm sure it will be it's just it's just getting there it's getting to that point where it's like okay we've kind of hit our groove a little bit I mean I don't know like my kids have been so excited to get back into this a little bit Mm -hmm. so like we haven't felt the you know I don't want to go today I don't want to get up yet like they're just it's just it's so new still Mm -hmm. so that you know waking them up in the morning has been okay. Yeah. Um, going to bed because it's a school day tomorrow has been like fairly, I mean, with a, quite a few exceptions. Okay. It hasn't been that great. That time has been <laughs> awful, but like getting up has been good. Getting so. up has been okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 
they all still seem kind of excited about yeah. it. So that, I mean, that's good. And like we said before, we have to set that tone, right? Like yeah. you can't, I can't be like, oh, I don't want to get up. Like, I don't want to do this. I want So, I mean, today was actually my first day that everybody was out of the house. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex was home. He worked a night shift last night. So he was home sleeping, but today was the first day that um, all three kids were at school or daycare. So it was like my first like uninterrupted work day in six months. Did you feel more productive? I did. I got a lot done, but it was also very strange. Like Mm -hmm. I missed it. I can't Mm -hmm. lie. Like I kind of, I miss having them here. Lots of things I don't miss. Like I don't miss like getting snacks every five minutes, which ties in nicely to the conversation we're having tonight. But um, yeah, like I did, I just missed them and I was happy to see them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was so happy to see them when they came Mm -hmm. home and yeah, so I know we've talked about that before, right? When we are working, you know, regularly working and away from the kids for long periods of time, there is that quality of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, yeah, you look, yeah, you really look forward to it and you miss them when they're gone and all of those things, right? So, yeah. yeah. But okay. it's healthy. It's healthy yeah. for them. It's good for them. Yeah. Like I said, they're still excited and wanting to mm-hmm. do it. So I'm just trying to like hang on to that mm-hmm. even when it feels like, ugh. This is yeah. hard. And Friday, it's almost the weekend. It is, so yeah. You get a little bit of a break from it. So. Yeah. 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 Okay, so tonight, do you want to talk a little bit about our guest tonight? Yeah, so. You introduced me to her, actually, so. So I, I found Lindsay Livingston. Um, she goes by the Lean Green Bean on Instagram and on her website. Um, and I found her about a year ago, linked through another food blogger that I've been following for years. Um, and I started following her on Instagram for quite a few different reasons, but one of the main ones that I loved is just kind of her approach to meal planning and, um, getting kids involved in the kitchen. And you guys have heard a little bit over the last few weeks, like that's something, you know, I love to cook and I love to do that. But I think in general meal planning and, and preparing dinner and grocery shopping and prepping food and like, that's something that every parent I know struggles with Mm -hmm. mom, dad, whoever, even my mom, who's, you know, empty nesting, you know, doesn't have any kids left at home still every night is like, Oh, I got to make dinner again. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, right. What am Mm -hmm. I making? It's just the two of us, like for my parents, like what, you know, they don't even want to put in the effort anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, anyway, so I started following Lindsay. Yeah. About a year ago and love her approach to meal prepping. She's like, she makes it totally customizable and, um, totally like fairly stress-free. Like it's, it's, a uh, it's very flexible and, um, really helpful. So I reached out to her and, uh, invited her to be on the podcast and she accepted. So we're excited to share this interview mm-hmm. with you guys. I think there's some really good tips in there. Um, I know Amanda and I both were just like soaking all of her advice in mm-hmm. like sponges and, yeah, and if you you do afterwards check out her Instagram page, she has so many links. I mean, I can get stuck on there for quite some time in the you know evenings after the kids go to bed, just kind of like paging through um, and reading her blog. And yeah, so many helpful ideas. It's so timely um, mm-hmm. because we're totally in a meal rut, meal rut, dinner rut. Um, you know, kind of you know always shaking our heads. What are we going to have for sides? What are we going to do? What's something the kids are going to eat? Um, so yeah, she really just seems to simplify things a little bit. Yeah. And it seems fairly, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't always this way, but it seems fairly no stress. Like it's, this is just what it is and this Mm -hmm. is what we're doing and like love her, um, perspective on, 
like I said, getting kids involved in the kitchen and, you know, feeding kids who are picky mm-hmm. eaters because that's something I, I don't care who you are. Every parent struggles with that mm-hmm. um, in some way. So, yeah, it was just a really awesome conversation to have. And she joined us tonight all the way from Ohio, our first mm-hmm. international guest, which was really cool. So, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. we'll uh, cut to that. But before we do, is there anything else, Amanda, on your mind this week? Any any highs or lows? Or I know we always share, we always share favorites, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it could just be something something else that you're digging. Something else that I'm digging this week. I started trying to do some some yoga nidra for relaxation. Okay. Um so this is something and I can't even explain it enough. I literally just started last last night, the night before last night. Mm -hmm. Um so Again, to I think just with more going on and you know some changes coming up, I find I have a harder time falling asleep and staying asleep. Um, so of course I started my melatonin. Oh yeah, uh, my melatonin and magnesium supplements again. Um, but also, yeah, somebody told me to try yoga nidra, so I'm trying that. So it's very interesting. You can just literally YouTube it. Okay. Um, and it it'll come up. It's kind of like a guided meditation. Okay. Um, and breathing exercise, cool. which is supposed to help people fall asleep very quickly. So oh, well. I mean. We'll Did see. it work? Not yet. Not entirely yet for me, but I'm willing to give it, a, you know, continue to give it a shot. So, yeah. Yeah. So, oh. yes, we will see how this goes. So. Very good. Mm-hmm. I asked you this and I, you? I always have a, like, I always draw a blank when it comes to like my favorites. I feel like I haven't shared a favorite recipe in a long time. Is no, that true? Or have I? No, you haven't. Um, gosh, I don't even know. Um, one of the like things in my kitchen, which is probably not helpful because I bought it in the States when we were there in the winter. Um, I've bought this spicy honey. It's called Mike's Mm -hmm. hot honey. And I've been putting that on everything lately. I put it on my salad at dinner tonight and as like part of the dressing. Um, and it's so good. It's just like honey with a kick of like, I don't know if it's chili pepper or something in it. I'm sure you can probably find something or make something similar here. I have an extra bottle. I'll lend it to you because you would totally (laughs) love it. Um, But yeah, like it's just like something different that I'm like, okay, I'm like literally want to put this stuff on everything. I put it on. Yeah. Like I made like a little salad for dinner tonight that I put goat cheese in because I love goat cheese and put this hot honey in the dressing with, um, yeah, with lime juice and olive oil and just like drizzled it on top. It was so good. So yeah, that's kind of like what I've been loving, I guess lately. I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of other stuff, but yeah, I don't know if you can find it here. Um, but I'm sure you can find, I'll see if I can find like a yeah. copycat recipe. You should be clawing onto your bottles with, you I know. know, since we don't want that border's going to open I know. back up. It's true, so. but I'm sure I can find it on Amazon or something. Yeah. Maybe I can have Lindsay ship me a bottle. Yeah, we'll have to ask yeah. her. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Well, let's not waste any time then. We will welcome Lindsay on tonight and yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, we're really excited to have Lindsay Livingston on with us tonight. Lindsay is joining us from Ohio, and I started following her uh, probably about a year ago on my personal Instagram account. Um, I always have followed Iowa Girl Eats, and she started tagging you in a bunch of stuff. So um, love her recipes, and now love a bunch of yours. And so I'm really intrigued and uh, have always loved watching your approach to meal prep and feeding kids and getting your kids involved in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, I have three young kids that are just about six and under, 
Amanda has three young kids. kids. Yes, yeah. both, there's six between the two of us. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the mm-hmm. podcast tonight, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I just wondered if you could get started by just sharing a little bit about your background in health and nutrition. I know you're a registered dietitian. Is that correct? And- yes. Um, so I actually got a bachelor's in psychology um, the first time I went to college. <laughs> and then I did some work um, at a preschool and for an insurance company and then ended up going back to school for dietetics. So um, I actually started my blog while I was back in school. Um, just as kind of a place to share the recipes I was making for my husband and I for dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I finished my dietetic internship and passed my exam in, this is really sad, but I actually just looked it up. I like went to my post to make sure I was (laughs) right on my year, but it was 2013. So it's been um, about seven years. Um, and I just kind of, I was fortunate enough to connect with another RD who did a lot of online work. And after I passed my exam, I kind of transitioned into a role with her doing some social media management and client work for her. Um, and so I was able to keep my blog kind of going part-time and do that part-time and then eventually transition into just, um, doing my blog full-time. So. Cool. Well, I was going to say a blog and Instagram is a full-time job. It is. Right? It is. <laughs> we just started our little channel in July doing that. Right. And I've kind of dabbled on and off and I, I work in media as a career. So I, I know the ins and outs of that and yeah, just managing, you know, you have quite a following um, and regular posts and everything is, I can't imagine doing it full-time as well as working full-time too. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot for sure. And I definitely don't, don't do the perfect balance, but I'm pretty good at stories. Not so good at posting like regular feed content, but, and then there's always something new like reels or whatever that you have to, to keep up with. But I was actually on Snapchat before Instagram and I resisted Instagram for a long time. I was like, I don't want another thing. I don't want to do this. And, you know, finally made the switch kind of when my, my second child was, young and uh now looking back I can't really imagine like when I didn't do you know little snaps of my day all day long but (laughs) well and Instagram is such a visual platform too right so I can imagine when you're doing things like food blogging it makes sense to I mean you have to decide where you're going to put your time in right and exactly Snapchat just disappears like that and Yeah. yeah um hard to say what yeah, at the time it's hard to make that call, but what exactly to do? So, yeah, cool. Well, I started following you, like I said, because I loved your kind of your flexible take on meal planning and your approach to that. Um, so, I wondered if you could share a little bit about your different methods and how you go about your meal prep. Um, like when it comes to meal prepping, I know you're big into doing lots of different components in basically a short period of time, as, <laughs> as quickly as you possibly can. It seems like. Um, so I wondered if you could share how that works for you um, and maybe suggestions um, for folks who are listening, uh, including us, yes. <laughs> yeah. want to, uh, want to try here with my notebook to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So food prep is kind of, it's kind of like my, my first love. Um, my, it was my biggest kind of passion project before my kids came along and, you know, I started all the kids in the kitchen stuff and all that. So I have been 
food prepping, you know, for the past seven, eight ish years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's definitely a habit for me now. Um, but it wasn't when I started and, um, over time I've kind of transitioned into definitely more of a component style prep. So, um, you know, when I first started, I was trying to prep like several full meals for the week and kind of over time I just shifted more towards prepping different individual, um, components and then just throwing those together during the week because I personally am someone who is pretty good at just kind of cooking on the fly and throwing stuff together, but it helps a lot to have like the rice already cooked or the chicken already cooked. And then I can kind of just use it to throw something together. Um, but I think a lot when it comes to food prep is your, your personal style and how you cook. And if you really just don't have time to throw something together, um, you know, during the week, then prepping those casseroles or full things that you can just reheat the night of is, definitely going to be more beneficial to you if you're someone who can throw stuff has time to throw stuff together but just needs the parts and pieces kind of ready to make it easier for you then the component style um might be a better fit and you can definitely do a little bit of both as well um and kind of my biggest advice for getting started is um really just zeroing in on the time of day that you struggle the most with. So I feel like sometimes when you think of food prep, you either think of like lunch or dinner or have kind of like an all or nothing mentality. And um, so a little exercise I tell people to do sometimes is just take like two or three days and write down um, every time you you find yourself eating something and wishing you had something different. So whether it's like you're rushing out the door to work and you're eating like a protein bar and you wish you had like a bowl of oatmeal or something, or if you're, you know, reaching for a vending machine snack and wishing that you had something else prepped and ready to go. And then after two or three days, kind of look back and see what your pattern is. And you'll probably see that like, oh, every day I'm struggling with snacks or every day I'm struggling with breakfast or dinner or whatever. And then when you turn to food prep, if you kind of focus all on that trouble area at first and just really dedicate your whole hour or hour and a half to like making just snacks or just breakfast or whatever you're struggling with and see over the next week how that how much that helps you mm -hmm. I find that to be the most motivating for people to want to turn around and do it again the next right. week um and then as you kind of get in a habit you'll probably get more efficient and more quick and that's when you can kind of expand beyond your initial trouble area um but i feel like a lot of people are like oh i'm gonna food prep i'm gonna make every single thing i'm gonna eat for the next week and then they just fail miserably and then never try again yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, deep starting small is definitely my biggest my biggest tip okay okay and then so when it comes to coming up with ideas because my head is spinning right now i'm thinking okay you know if I'm going to say tackle doing some meal prepping for dinner, um, mm -hmm. do you have some re resources then as far as like ideas of different, like what different components to even like, what are some basic things to start with? So that when I'm hitting the grocery store, <laughs> um, often I just show up there with, you know, two kids, at least two or three kids in tow. Um, and just, yeah, standing there in the aisle, like, Oh my God, what are we going to cook this week? So yeah. <laughs> you have some programs or, like you, you do, right. As far as I do. What? I do. So this year has been kind of my, so my very first ebook four years ago was all about 
food prep. Um, so I have like a, a full ebook dedicated just to food prep and how to do that. Um, and then one also on stocking your freezer, which is, which is one of my biggest tips as well. But this year I launched a couple that are more, um, inspiration based. So I have the dinner spark and the snack spark, and they're basically just like a, a big compilation of a lot of ideas all in one place. Um, so the dinner spark is literally meant for people who just don't know like what they want to cook. Um, and so I have a list of, of recipes by category. So you can look, if you have chicken, you can look at like the chicken category and it gives you like clickable links to blogger recipes using chicken or, you know, pork or seafood or whatever. Um, and then I also have kind of like some of my pantry staples. And if you um, have like some family favorites, like there's pretty standard favorites like tacos mm -hmm. and, you know, spaghetti and meatballs and whatever. I have a whole page on like how to um, put a little spin on those to make them less repetitive and boring, but still kind of have those same uh, flavor and taste profiles that your family likes. So ba basic things like if you have tacos every week, trying like nachos or enchiladas one week, or if you have spaghetti and meatballs every week, trying lasagna or like spaghetti pie or something like that. Right. Um, because I find that people find their favorites and they stick with them because they know their family likes them. Um, but it can get redundant and there are like some easy ways to just tweak them a little bit to make it new and exciting and, you know, expose kids to some different textures or whatever, but right. not go like totally crazy and try a million new recipes a week that you don't know whether anyone's going to eat or not. Well, and that's half the battle, right? Because a lot of the times you think like, Oh, of course my kids are going to like this. You know, it's got cheese in it, or I know they mm. like broccoli, so I'm going to put broccoli into this, you know, rice casserole, but because they like all the components of it, but it's just not quite, like it just doesn't, it just misses the mark with them. Yeah. Um, right. And so I, yeah, I can see how that would work. Right. Cause if you're half the battle is trying to get them to even try something. Mm -hmm. So if they are able to try something that tastes like what they know already, mm -hmm. then yeah, that makes a, a big difference. I'm sure. Um, and I was going to ask you about that with your approach to picking yeah. picky eating with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and like Amanda and I have talked about this a lot. I think generally both of our, you say your kids are pickier eaters. I think we both have some pretty, um, pretty good eaters. Like, honestly, oh, I don't know. Yeah. My daughter, she's six now. Um, and she's really in that stage where nothing can be touching. Like none of her, I don't know if this is a stage or I thought it would be getting better, but yeah, none of her food can be touching. So then we're constantly like, okay, casseroles are out the window. And, um, yeah, everything she just, again today you know choked like choked up her burger and then says oh all I can eat is the bun and then so we're sitting there exhausted you know at 5 30 as parents and we're like oh my gosh the younger two are watching her so I don't know I think I think I do have a I think I do have a full I guess yeah. picky eater. I think <laughs> it comes and goes in waves maybe, though yeah. like I think mine have improved and I don't know yeah, have you, Lindsay like, have you seen that a lot within your three kids like it definitely you, yeah it, it definitely goes in waves and right now my oldest is probably the the most adventurous and I would still not call him adventurous <laughs> um my daughter my my middle is has always been fairly picky after she hit kind of you know, like 18 months or two-ish, I find is when most kids kind of 
hit that more selective stage and my youngest has been the biggest struggle since he started eating um huh. and so i definitely have you know kind of a range but i um i kind of try to embrace the the division of responsibility idea in that i'm responsible for what i serve them and they are responsible for what they eat and so um i have embraced the fact that my kids will be fine if I put them to bed and they haven't eaten any dinner and mm -hmm. they're going to wake up in the morning and probably be hungry, but like they're going to be okay. Um, and so I, I view it as my job to pick what goes on their plate. And then if they don't want to eat any of it, I don't force them to, um, I don't force them to, you know, take a bite or try anything. Um, if they, I try to make sure there's at least one thing that they like on their plate, usually two, um and if all they want to eat is the strawberries or the bread and then they want to go to bed with just eating that then that's fine mm -hmm. um but i think a lot of people try to force the just one bite or you know force their kids to to like certain things and i just find that hasn't been the best approach for me um mm -hmm. i i am happy with the the foods that I put on my kids plate I'm not always happy with the amount that they eat but that's not my job it's their job to decide what they're going to eat and it's not like you know I'm letting them skip what I made and go to the pantry and eat crackers or whatever right. it's it's they're choosing yay or nay to what is on the plate in front of them and whatever they choose is fine yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I think as long as there's one or two components on yeah. there, I find, and I've tried to really take that approach too, in that, you know, we're, we're putting the food on the plate. They have the choice whether or not they eat it. Um, and I find like a lot of the times they'll come around, like they'll eat what's on their plate and if they're still hungry, they might try a bite of something else. And then it doesn't always happen like that. But, um, yeah, my oldest is, he'll be six in two weeks and he will not eat broccoli it doesn't matter how many times we try. My other two kids love it. They love just plain steamed broccoli, which I'm like, at least let's roast it and throw some Parmesan cheese or something on it, right? But um, but they love plain steamed broccoli. So we have that quite often because I know that they like it, right? And, he'll, and he will sit there and for a long time he refused. And now he'll at least be like, okay, I'm going to try it because maybe I'll eventually like it. And because we keep saying, you know, there's lots of foods that you need, like, you know, 50 different exposures or something to a certain taste before you acquire a taste for something. For me, I find like I still don't love seafood, but I want to like seafood. Like I want to eat more fish because my family likes it. So I'm trying hard to cook it more often and expose myself to it. I joked, yeah, I joked earlier this week with a friend, like we, my husband loves to drink Caesars or Bloody Marys and I never liked them, but I'm like, I, I want to like them. Like I like the idea of them. So maybe if I just have a sip every time, you know, it'll work. But yeah, I think just getting getting them to like at least be open to trying things is kind of half the battle sometimes. And I know um, a lot of the strategy that at least from me as a viewer of watching your stories is you get your kids really involved in the kitchen. And anytime I do that with my kids, I notice that they are more likely to try things or just be more, even more excited about it. Like we help to make this, we help to do that. So I wondered if you could share a little bit about your kids in the kitchen and your initiative and why it's important to you and, and how do you get started? And I know Amanda has questions about this too. So yeah, I am. Um, so I've 
had all my kids, my oldest um, turned six next month. And um, so all three of them have been in the kitchen with me since, you know, since they were born essentially, but really like legit helping since, you know, 17, 18 months. And um, I think a lot of people are surprised when they hear that, like what could they possibly do at that age to, to be helpful. And um, it's not always super helpful to have them in there, but um, I think it is so important. And like you said, like giving them that ownership and the pride that I've found that they take in the things that they make or help with um, is totally worth it. And it's such a good opportunity to, you know, practice other skills now that my oldest is getting older (laughs) with like letter recognition and eventually reading. Um, And as they get older, you can add in math and things like that. But even from a, a taste perspective, like you said, all mine are almost always more willing to try if they've had a hand in making it themselves. Um, And so I think when you first start getting them in there at that young age, just giving them the simplest of tasks can still be beneficial. So, you know, at that age, even things like, you know, dumping a measuring cup into the bowl or stirring things around or dumping things into a strainer, um, using a salad spinner, anything that you know, they can't really mess up too horribly um, is something that they can do from that age, basically from when they, when my youngest could stand on a, on our learning tower, you know, he has the bowl in front of them and he's stirring or dumping or whatever. And um, I think a lot of people resist because of the mess and the, <laughs> that was where my head went at first. And I was yes. doing your stuff and you're like, there's going to be mess. <laughs> like, yep. Okay. And yes, you're not alone. Um, the, the fear of the mess is real and it's yeah. a big hindrance for a lot of people. But um, my, my number one tip I always tell parents is to just kind of just do it once and then set your timer when you clean up and just like see how long it actually takes you to clean up. And I can almost guarantee that like any mess they make as long as you don't leave them unattended with like a bag of flour or something like any spills or anything that they do in the kitchen is going to take you 10, 15 minutes tops to clean up. And I think sometimes part of the issue is we build up this huge mess in our heads and it's just like this huge block. But when you actually do it and then you like physically set the timer and let it count out, it's really probably five extra minutes of cleanup compared to what it would be like if you did it yourself. Probably such a good trade-off for, I know sometimes I struggle with, you know, when I'm working and, you know, coming home with the kids, trying to find something where I can truly be present with them. Like it's hard because our head or my head is in a million different places. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously I think having to kind of focus you know, focus on a recipe and work with them. And yeah, it just, and that's another, yeah, that's another big roadblock is people, they feel like there's pressure to get their kids in there and, and they're already stressed and they're worried about other stuff and they're trying to force it. And that's almost always a recipe for disaster. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, finding like, uh, a weekend morning or like a, an afternoon where there's no school and really like, yeah. easing into it in a time when you are not going in there stressed about other stuff usually sets sets you up for more success um, than trying to like just 
cram it all in and then you just like adding anxiety on top of like stress from other stuff that you're thinking about um so really picking the best time to start is also it's a huge factor in whether or not you'll do it again i find (laughs) (laughs) and i imagine it probably pans out as a pretty mindful activity like and enjoyable for for you and the kids right when it's all done and like you said if it's only an extra five minutes and clean up I'm sure you can do it I can do yeah and I mean my oldest loves talking to the camera so setting setting it up and letting them pretend that they're on a little like cooking show and then (laughs) it's awesome watch it back later like he loves watching his own videos back later um or even like just putting your time lapse on and letting them watch it like kids just love like fast motion stuff so that's a trick I use with cleaning up toys but also with kitchen stuff is they love watching fast motion so I'll set my time lapse and then they'll do their whole thing and then like 80 times in a row oh let me watch it again let me watch it again let me watch it again you know it's just like and then that keeps them busy for like 30 minutes beyond (laughs) while you actually go and clean it all up afterwards right yeah that's yeah Yeah. And getting them involved in the cleanup is another huge thing. I I know that they, they have to help wash the dishes or put them in the dishwasher and they spray the counters. Um, You know, I think when you set the expectation from the beginning that cooking or cleaning up is part of cooking, you know, that habit starts young and it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to cook and make this big mess. And then mom's going to clean it all up. Like that's not that doesn't fly in my house and I think if you (laughs) set that expectation from the beginning then you know they'll be mine don't even fight me anymore like they know if they want to make something like they have to help clean up too yeah no it's so true I know mine fight over who helps unloading the dishwasher right now because like that's like like I don't know I I love having my kids help in the kitchen but like and I would honestly rather let them bake something with me than let them get out the Play-Doh because I hate cleaning up the Play-Doh mess. I think that's worse <laughs> than cleaning up flour. I mean, I love watching them build and stuff with Play-Doh, but yeah, it's just getting over the mental part of it in yeah. your head being yeah. like, okay, we can do this. And yeah, like a Saturday morning where you don't realistically have to go very far mm-hmm. makes, makes a difference for sure. Yeah. And I love how you, I you know, on your Instagram page too, where you just plop like the food processor down on the floor <laughs> with the kids, right? Like, and it just, yeah, like you can see that they're just, you know, loving getting to do that, right? Yeah. I would have just, I mean, I would have literally never thought of doing that. So, <laughs> uh, which actually leads me to another question I've been wondering, because we've been, we've been getting, I've been telling stuff into such like food ruts, right? Where we're making kind of the same very, like bland things that the kids will like, but when it comes to buying like those small appliances, like whether it be like a rice cooker, an Instapot or, you know, whatever, you know, we've got our Vitamix. Um, I'm admittedly not a very good chef or historically haven't been. So then kind of having my own family and um, tackling this, you know, cooking every single night and day and night. Um, yeah. I'm, I, but we're at a place where I'm like, okay, I think I need to buy some small, like what do you recommend for like must have, my number one's my food processor um that's I feel like it's underrated because I feel like we had one growing up and like you know I always knew where it was but like my mom would never really drag it out all that often and I literally use mine two or three times every single week 
Um, mm -hmm. I use it especially for like baked goods that I'm adding like beans or lentils or vegetables to, to kind of chop it all up. And then I just make the whole thing like right in there. I'm not like getting out another bowl and like, you know, transferring my chopped stuff to another bowl. Um, but I also use it to make like energy bars and um, I, don't know, I even like it aside from smoothies. Like I even like it better than my blender. I make like sauces and stuff in there too. Um, but if you have, if you have a high powered blender, like a Vitamix, like that can work as well. Um, I also, I love my instant pot, you know, I've had it, uh, going on three, three, four, probably three years now. Um, and I still use it regularly as well. Um, but you know, if you don't, if you're scared of it and you're never going to use it, then like maybe a crock pot is a better option for you. Um, I almost never use my crock pot anymore because the Instapot can do everything the crock pot can just faster. Um, and so there's still occasionally like some things that I want to kind of like simmer away all day in the, in the crock pot, but very rarely. And so I'll use my Instapot to cook rice um, to cook just like chicken or pork to shred, um, to make one pot meals. Um, I found it to be one of my top appliances. Um, I also have an air fryer still, still on the fence about how heavily I recommend that one. I don't think it's a must have. Um, my husband actually surprised me with one last Christmas. I had no intention of buying one for myself. Um, and I do like it. I use it to cook um, cauliflower a lot, like instead of roasting it in the oven, especially in the summer, it's nice. Or even um, I cook salmon in there a lot because I find it turns out really well. Um, and there are definitely like some diehard air fryer people who think it's like the end all be all. I feel like it's a a trend that's gonna fade out faster than the Instant Pot did, but that's just personal opinion. Um, but that's not one I would start with. I feel like if you're really trying to like build up your kitchen basics, like I would not choose that as my first. Okay. Thing. Yeah, it's a nice to have. I think. Like yeah. I, I have an air fryer. I had a like the one of the original like T-Fowl Octafries a long time ago. Like I got it as a wedding gift, I think. And same thing, like it was nice to have, not necessary. We used it pretty often. And same with my my air fryer that I have now that's like the regular like bin basket kind. Yeah. I like cooking chicken in it. I find I can cook like I can marinate and cook chicken breasts like I don't yes. know, instead of grilling them, it's nice. And I have cooked salmon in it before. Um I'm kind of on the fence about the instant pot, and I know you use yours, and I'm trying to use more mine more now. Um, it helps now that I'm working from home and have been working from home for the last six months because I, I used to use my um, crock pot more just because I could set it and walk away. Yeah. And I found with my Instant Pot, I wouldn't do that, right? Not being in the house. But um, yeah, absolutely. Now that I'm home, I am definitely using it more. And I love cooking rice and grains in it, like rice, quinoa, yeah. dry beans. Um, love making bone broth in it. That's like my favorite thing to do. And my kids love it. They call it chicken juice and they ask for like mugs of it afterwards. It's kind of weird, but whatever. 
It's where it could be worse, right? But I do. I was gonna say I love that you mentioned the food processor because I upgraded ours last year to an actual like big one because I used to have a little mini one that I would actually burnt out and used all the time. I used it more than my blender. I don't even have a blender anymore. I never use that anymore. So yeah, I love to grate cheese in mine. Like getting a because I don't like pre-grated cheese. So like you get a nice block of cheese if you're making like a mac and cheese or something. You don't need a lot of cheese, but yeah. I wanted to ask too, Lindsay, kind of backtracking a little bit, um, about your snack approach. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned this a little bit with your snack spark. Um, cause I know you offer a lot of ideas in that, but I like how you offer, or you kind of have a, a really balanced approach to snacking. And so, you know, making sure that your kids are always getting, hitting a lot of the different food groups, right? You're getting a protein and a carbohydrate or whatever. So I wanted to know if you could chat a little bit about that and maybe share some more details about the snack spark as well, if you'd like. Yeah, so the snack spark is, um, it's kind of like the dinner spark, but it's for snacks and it's literally just meant to be like a whole lot of snack ideas in one in one spot. Um, so it has just a general list of snacks. It talks a little bit about um, kind of like how I put snacks together for my kids. And then it has um, a lot of ideas for both homemade and store-bought. Um, so it lists out like specific brands and products that I like and buy at the store um, mm -hmm. and then it also splits into different lists for like uh, gluten-free snacks vegan snacks and uh, nut-free so there's like some nut-free store-bought ideas for schools and that kind of thing right. um, but basically I just teach my kids from the beginning that they can't have just carbs for a snack. Um, so they, they need to have a protein or a healthy fat to go with it. So, um, I try to teach them in age appropriate terms, like what that means and how, uh, also my husband is a type one diabetic, so they know some about, um, like blood sugar spikes and crashes just from being around that. But, um, you know, kind of from a young age in those terms, like carb if you just eat carbohydrates, it's going to spike your blood sugar and then it's going to lead to a crash. But if you pair it with protein or a fat, that protein is going to help, you know, make your muscles stronger and it's going to help keep you full longer. Um, so you're not hungry again before lunch or dinner or whatever. Yeah. Um, so just kind of consistently reinforcing that idea. And then if they're picking you know, cracker, if they want a graham cracker for a snack, like that's fine. But then I just say, pick a protein. So, you know, they know that they either need to put peanut butter on it or have a hard boiled egg with it, or, um, yeah. you know, have some cheese with it or whatever. Um, and I think just being consistent with that, that approach and, um, teaching it from the time they're young has been super helpful because now it's kind of, I can see that it's becoming a habit for mm -hmm. them. And so, you know, they definitely still ask for the carbs, um, but they don't argue with me when I tell them they need to pick something else to go with it. Yeah. I can't blame them. Like everybody. Likes them. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what about like timing for snacks? Like that's one thing I think we both noticed being home for the last six months. Like, well, I, yeah, I, I've read different things too, right? So you read some blogs that say, okay, you need to pick, you pick meal times, snack times, you delegate, or do you just go by the kids' demands, like in their hunger? Like, what's your, 
as I guess a dietitian and a mom wants you. Yeah, my, my approach is I'm in charge of setting meal and snack time. Um, and again, you know, if they're not hungry, that's fine. And they don't have to eat, but like, they're not going to have the, the option again until the next set meal or snack. And I, I know that they are regular enough that like, yeah, they might be hungry by the time the next one rolls around, but they're not going to be like in danger, you know, like mm. it's okay for them to be hungry. Um, and so I, I aim for like two and a half to three hours. So they, my kids usually eat breakfast around seven. We have snack around nine thirty or 10. We eat lunch around noon. Um, we have snack around two thirty, and then we eat around five. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I am consistent on. Um, and they know they can't just have a snack anytime they want it. It doesn't, it certainly doesn't stop them from asking a thousand times <laughs> about when snack time is. Um, but I'm definitely in charge of when snack and meal time is. And so, um, I tell them, you know, I understand you're hungry. This is when we're eating next. Yeah. And I think if you're, if they're not used to getting turned down for, for snacks, um, something like a visual timer can be super helpful um, so that they can see exactly how much time is left until snack time or lunch time or whatever. Um, I kind of just lay it out. I tell them like, it's this time, even though we haven't really nailed the, the time concept yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this time. Our next meal is this time. That's this far from now. Do you want me to set a timer so you can see how long it goes? And then distract, redirect. Let's go do this. It'll yeah. make snack time come sooner is kind yeah. of my approach. And I, I find... I. I used to be better at that. Like, <laughs> I find everything just kind of fell apart when we all came home and stayed home for so long. Now yeah. that, you know, school has started again. Um, I know your little ones are doing distance learning or you're staying home. Yeah. Um, our oldest are both in grade one. So they have started back this week and that makes a difference for sure. Right. Cause it is more strict, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah and my younger ones were in daycare again, pre COVID. And that was again, a more, regular routine. So even when they were home, they knew that like, and it was okay. It was their bodies were used to it. Right. And then, yeah, yeah like March 17th hit and everything <laughs> went to, you know what? And we were just like, okay, sure. Here's all the snacks. Like yeah. I just got to send this email. Like I just have to finish yeah. this job. Right. So yeah. So Our middle one started just going to the fridge oh, and she's only two and a half. So we'd come, you know, turn around and there she was in the drawer, just eating. I'm like, Oh my God, no Iris. We have to, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, it, we need to pop our socks and get back on track big time because, yeah, it's been a bit of a shit show, so. <laughs> anyway, well, I don't know. Do you have any other questions? Before I we... think, I, yeah, I mean, I was just, yeah, I mean, I was so excited to learn a little bit more about like, meal prepping and especially for dinner. And I, yeah, it feels good to know there's other people out there who are like, I have no idea where to even start. Mostly yep. at meal at meal time, so I think the dinner spark is super um, exciting for somebody like me. So you covered that pretty well. So yeah, do you have any other advice yeah, or tips that we didn't ask you for 
as um, I don't think so. Um, I think we pretty much covered all my highlights, food prep and kids cooking. Those are kind of my two yeah. big things. So one thing we do like to ask all our guests and we ask each other is mm -hmm. what a favorite. So we always like to end off an episode with like, you know, what's something that you're loving this week. And I was going to actually tailor it to you saying like, what's your favorite thing to meal prep? Like what's your favorite recipe that mm -hmm. you like to make? And I think I might be able to guess it just from watching your stories, but oh, I, like I don't hear. know. Uh, I, I kind of do a lot of the same things, probably muffins. That's yeah. like muffins or bars. That's something I do every single week, but lately it's been soup. Um, just soup. My, First of all, my oldest loves making soup, not eating it, but it's like something he's always willing to help with. Um, and I am someone who doesn't mind eating the same thing like every day if it's good. So for me, just having like a big pot of soup that I can have like for lunch or dinner several days in a week just takes like all my mealtime stress away yeah. for that so especially now that it's starting to get a little colder like soup, yeah. a pot of soup a week is definitely like my go-to yeah I'm with you on that for sure awesome well where can people find you if they want more information drop your handles and we'll yeah so I am um mostly just on Instagram at the lean green bean um I have Facebook and Pinterest but mm, they don't get a whole lot of my attention so either my website which is just the leangreenbean.com or over on Instagram where I'm there pretty much all day. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, yeah, Lindsay. This was such so a much. treat. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Sisterhood Unleashed. We'd love for you to come back and join us weekly and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also visit us online at sisterhoodunleashed.ca or on Instagram at sisterhood.unleashed.